Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today, we had John O'Connor on the show. He is a founder of Gene Foods. You can find him at mygenefoods.com. He specializes in personal nutrition through nutrigenomics, and we're going to talk about what that means on the show. He's a wealth of knowledge. He talks about his journey, why he started the company, and where it's going. So very happy to have him on the show today. Welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're lucky enough to have John O'Connor on our show, and he is the owner of Gene Foods. And um, currently, he's in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I think you mentioned when we spoke a couple of days ago, you had was it 42 consecutive days on the mountain? I mis misunderstand you when you said that. <laughs> um, not consecutive days, but I've skied 42 days this season. Yes, I have. That's awesome. And it's only February 18th. So hopefully I'm going to get in. I'm trying to get, maybe I'll get to 70 days this year. I'm hoping if I'm yeah. lucky. And I'm assuming you're getting dumped on as we speak due to this weather. Oh yeah. I mean, we've got uh, so far this year in Jackson hole, we've got 405 inches of snow <laughs> and it's only uh, February 18th. So it's been, it's a, it's a La Nina pattern. I guess uh, what they say out here is that La Nina tends to really peak in the spring. So we're hoping that for the next, you know, I don't know, month and a half, we're still going to have some amazing skiing. That's it's the season's been, it's been a phenomenal, a phenomenal ski season so far. I love it. Well, enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, John has a, a blog, a podcast, obviously a, a website and a newsletter. You can find him on mygenefoods.com. This podcast is the Gene Food Podcast. Blog is the Gene Food Blog. And newsletter is Gene Food Insider. So uh, look him up. There's a lot of information. He's definitely on the forefront of some big things. And uh, we're going to dive in that, into that today. Uh, but there's a hot topic called nutrigenomics. And uh, for our listeners, that might be confusing. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. So nutrigenomics is the, is the, is the science it's, it's, it's a component of personalized nutrition. So it's under the personalized nutrition umbrella. And what nutrigenomics does is it uses, um, a series of genes. It looks at a number of different genes and uses the predispositions, the genetic predispositions to determine how one individual may respond differently to a diet than another individual. So for, as a, as a, for example, you have some people who, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we, we all love to eat eggs and omelets for breakfast, right? I mean, eggs are, are, can be very nutritious, very high in choline, B vitamins. You know, I, I love eggs myself. How, how one person will respond to an, eating an egg is different than another and that some people absorb a lot more cholesterol than other people. And so for one person, a food that's really good for them and uh, a great addition to their everyday breakfast will have very little impact on any of their uh, blood markers that their doctors are concerned with. And then another person um, might absorb, you know, up to 80% of the cholesterol in, uh, in an egg. Right. And it's funny, you can see, you can see these types of differences. You can tease out these types of differences by looking at uh, people's genetics. I was listening to your last podcast and, um, it's very interesting. I, I really highly recommend it. And, you know, John speaks in a way there you, you can kind of get a bit overwhelmed because there's a lot of information and it's really good information. But the point being is there's a lot of people, there are people here to help like John and his team. And so just know that there's so much information and the testing that we're getting done is very basic testing. And it's unfortunate because there's better testing out there. Can you speak on that? 
Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we chatted about this when we, when we were talking offline a bit is that uh, one of the things that I think is, um, uh, is kind of a shame is that the, 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 when, when your average person goes and sees their physician, the tests that they get are sort of like the very basic, most rudimentary tests that are, that are out there on the market. And there's a whole nother suite and battery of tests that people can, can, um, can uh, have with their physician, which gives them quite a bit more insight into, into sort of their unique uh, footprint and their unique state of their health. And yeah, I mean, on my podcast, some of the times, one of the things that we've really nerded out on, and that's the word, it's very nerdy. It is very nerdy. So some of the episodes we get into like this very lipid science sort of uh, deep dives, which are definitely not for, for everyone. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, yeah, but the, um, the, the point is, is that that it, even though there are some big words that most people will not understand, there's support there and you've created a system to help people get this information and get healthy as a result of the product. And um, I think um, it's probably appropriate to tell everybody why you went down this path and, and what challenges you were suffering with. Yeah, I would like to do that. I mean, just to just harken back really quick to kind of close out this lipid thing too, though. I mean, if you want to zoom it out, somebody listening at home, just the absolute 101 most basic uh, rundown of, of what we're looking at, you can you can kind of break it into people that are going to be predisposed towards heart disease more because of sugar and carbohydrate, and then people that are going to be more predisposed towards heart disease over the long term because of cholesterol and dietary fat. And, you know, there's these warring factions that are out there, people saying, no, it's the sugar and other people saying, no, it's the fat. And I think in the future, what what we're going to have, or we're going to have systems like ours and stuff that's far advanced from what we're doing, that's going to help to score people in a much more accurate way um, and say, it's not a a one size fits all rule for you. It's that, look, this is, these are your predispositions and here's how we think you need to address them. Um, Uh, Yeah. In terms of my history. Well, John. Yeah. I mean, so... just to circle back on Go that, ahead, yeah. I'm really happy that you circled back because it's important. I have a very good example that you can relate to is that my family uh, all suffers with quote unquote, quote, hypercholesterolemia. And so majority of my family is on statins, but I am certain that their testing is as basic as it gets. And this says you have high cholesterol, we're going to put you on a statin. And we all, we know that that's a very um, some irresponsible prescription if we don't have the right information. And I think what you're doing is finding out what you really should be on to make the biggest impact and the most appropriate impact on the body. Would you agree? Yeah, we're helping to contribute to that conversation. Absolutely. The genetics aren't the whole piece, but they're definitely, I mean, in the case of, 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 uh, you know, the predispositions towards high cholesterol, a lot of that is genetic and, um, and yeah. And, and so, and the more information, the better. And, um, there's clearly a tremendous efficacy for statins in the right population. And in certain other populations there, you know, they, they, they may, um, you know, be, uh, overprescribed. Got it. Okay. Sorry for cutting you off yet. Let's hear your story. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so, so basically, uh, like a lot of people that go into the health and wellness space, I, it's, it's, and I mean, I'm familiar with uh, your story, Sean, of, you know, having a back injury and that's what motivated you to, to start your practice. And, and I think it's a, 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 a common c- circumstance in today's world where people kind of get on the wrong side of their health and then they figure out how to improve it. 
and they want to then go and sort of teach other people or help other people with a system that that they've learned. And um, that's true for me. I was living in New York City, you know, living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. You know, tr- drinking a lot, uh, not eating right, not taking care of myself, uh, and working too much. And you get on the wrong side of your health, and you get out of balance, and you feel what that feels like, and you see how that affects how you can show up every day, you know, the, the, the version of yourself that you show up as for your loved ones and how it affects your work and how it affects your relationships. And I um, was spending time in San Diego and I was working with a, a physician and a friend of mine and just became very motivated to use um, some of the tools that he was offering in terms of lab testing and, uh, you know, I did supp- certain supplements and ideas that he had. I became really motivated to get into a better state of health for myself. And in that process, I saw that some of the lab tests that he was running were looking at genetic markers. You know, w- one of the ones that we think is really overblown in the nutrition space and a little bit oversold is MTHFR, but he was reporting on MTHFR. And I found it fascinating that different genetic markers could affect nutrient metabolism, could it affect some of these downstream uh, biomarkers. And it's just kind of that's what that's the spark that. Um, caused us to create our our algorithm and and create some of the content that we've been creating. And so, when you say MTHFR, you're speaking of. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah, I mean, I can explain it a bit. You know, so MTHFR is a common. I mean, everybody has MTHFR genes. It's a. It's there. There's. It's a. There's multiple MTHFR genes in the uh, human genome, and they're they're uh, B vitamin metabolism genes. And um, in Caucasian populations, the 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 mutations are common, and essentially. Uh, what it means to have an MTHFR mutation. It's a, you know, somebody who is a biochemist could get into uh, quite a bit behind some of the pathways here, but just from 10,000 feet, it means that your body might not do as good of a job metabolizing uh, B9 folate. So your body is not able to take the raw folate that you would take, for example, in folic acid, like a synthetic supplement and turn it into methylfolate, which is the um, bioactive form of the vitamin that, and, and so the enzyme that converts the B9 into something that's usable is diminished. And so therefore you're not able to get as much, uh, usable folate. And there are some downstream consequences of that in certain people. Although it, it, it's not like a cystic fibrosis thing where you have like one gene mutation and then one illness. MTHFR is it's, it's, it's going to act as a concert of potential, uh, diminished function that could lead in, in a, in a, in totality with other B vitamin, uh, and other methylation genes to something that could be an issue. Um, and so it's basically B vitamin metabolism. And so what you're saying is that if you have the right information, you can sub- supplement intelligently and without a shotgun approach. You can, but I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, one of the things that we have published on our, gu- on our, on our blog is we have a guide to B vitamin dosing because there are some studies in, um, you know, in, in women, uh, some of them have been published in some pretty good journals like JAMA that have looked at long-term, uh, folate supplements and long-term high dose B12 supplements. And there does seem to be a, a slightly increased risk for cancer in some individuals that are just taking these mega doses of B12 over and over and over again and, and of B9. Um, and so we always say, you know, conservative dosing, work with your physician. Um, if you have an MTHFR mutation, you don't need to run out and start 
gobbling down B vitamin supplements, one thing you could do is you could work with your doctor and get your homocysteine levels tested uh, because the people that uh, tend to have issues with methylation, they could have a high levels of a amino acid metabolite called homocysteine. So you ask your doctor, hey, I think I have an MTHFR issue. Could you run a homocysteine blood test for me? And if the homocysteine is high, that could be an indication that that pathway is actually causing real issues as opposed to, you know, you're just guessing that you have 30% reduced MTHFR function based on one SNP or something like that. Got it. And uh, <clears throat> the, uh, again, if, if you want more information, please visit his blog and his podcast. Uh, you can go on his website, mygenefood.com. Uh, when you met with your friends slash doctor in San Diego, um, it got to a point where you said, I, I, I see there's a need here and I want to fill it. And you decided to create a company called Gene Foods. Um, let's talk about why that happened and what your company does for people. Yeah. I mean, we, so my, my friend, uh, this endocrinologist in, uh, in San Diego, his name's, uh, Dr. Steven Brody. He's a, just a very entrepreneurial guy. He's always interested in business ideas and, uh, you know, I'm the same way, you know, I, I'm somebody who's a bit of a serial entrepreneur and, uh, you know, I, I, um, really find the creative process of business really fun and exciting. And we were talking about creating a nutraceutical company of some kind. And that idea evolved into gene food just because of the fact that the more we talked and kind of nerded out on these subjects, we were so interested in these different um, genetic markers that could be influenced by micronutrients. So, you know, there's certain, there's the, the, for example, like the, the, the enzyme that sweeps out histamine out of the gut is called diamine oxidase. And to produce diamine oxidase, you need vitamin C. Vitamin C is a cofactor for, for producing the enzyme that gets rid of some bad stuff in your gut. It's very interesting. And, and it functions on a gene um, and with copper. And so we started, we started compiling this list that we call the guide to nutrigenomics, where we wanted to basically create a catalog of all the genes whose expression could be influenced by nutrition. And once we'd done that, we're like, wow, this is really cool. Let's use this research that we've put together and let's create an algorithm with it. Um, that can start to score people based on their predispositions for heart health or sleep or things of this nature. And so that's how Gene Food was created. It was basically, we we're scratching our own itch, doing research. We were interested in what we found. And then we decided to kind of put all the pieces together and create an algorithm. And it helps people just at a foundational level. So it's like, if you're, if you're wondering, can I go keto? Should I go keto? You know, uh, how's my fat metabolism? Do I have issues with histamine? Am I lactose intolerant? These are all things that we can help inform and we can look at your predispositions. We can say, well, maybe you could go keto, but you know, you might have a really difficult time achieving ketosis. So you probably shouldn't. Or maybe you could go keto. You might be able to get into ketosis, but you might want to go plant-based keto. Um, because of the fact that, you know, if you start loading up on saturated fat, your, your, you know, your blood lipid markers, your, your cholesterol could look pretty bad. So, so that's how we, we wanted to give people information that could help them divide themselves and, and not waste time chasing after, uh, heavily marketed diets. If those diets don't work for their, their body. Right. That's right. That's well said. And I looking on your website, um, it, it appears that you have. I don't want to call it uh, 20 different types or diet types um, that you've, you've found. And how did you find these types? 
Well, it's that that's uh that's how we divided up our scoring system. So okay. there's basically, you know, you take a human and you put them into the scoring system. There's tw- there's basically 20 different out there's 20 different uh styles of eating that they some of them are similar, right? It's not like all of them are are so distinct. I mean, it's, we are, we are human and we're all eating, you know, similar things in some, some level, but, um, you know, for some of the diets, lactose intolerance will be a dividing line. Um, for some of the diets, uh, you know, blood sugar, uh, predispositions will be the dividing line. And so the idea as we, as we've talked about before was kind of like the Myers Briggs for nutrition, right? Like, you know, your shirt size, you know, your shoe size, why not have an idea of your diet type? And, um, a lot of the research on nutrigenomics shows that that the more the more genetic markers that are considered in scoring algorithms, the better the outcomes in studies. Um, there was just a study that looked at uh, eighteen month follow up nutrigenomic diet versus ketogenic diet. Nutrigenomic group lost a, a ton more weight, something like forty more pounds on average than the ketogenic diet group. Um, and so, but part of that part of that success is that when people are assigned something that's unique to them that they know is personalized. They, fo- they tend to follow it more. So we wanted to have diet types that, that somebody could attach onto and say, okay, yeah, I, I'm an I'm a Okinawan or I'm this. And it, they identify with it more because it's their diet type. Right. And hopefully that will help them follow the diet better in the future. That makes sense. You know, if somebody says, this is you, this is what you need compared to the masses doing the ketogenic right? and say, I just fit in this big box compared to say, this is personalized for you. I think that's very powerful for people to stay committed to it. And um, as I keep going back, thinking about our listeners and what they can take out of this message is that I'm sure some of our listeners are struggling. Uh, Certainly our restart clients are with us because they have struggled in the past and they want to find a solution and they want to coach and a mentor to work, walk alongside, alongside them to make sure that they have the, they have that support and commitment. Um, However, we can't fix everybody. And, it comes down to going deeper dives to make sure that that person is actually doing what's right for their body. Uh, and I'm sure you have some case studies of people that have struggled in the past that weren't able to make the changes regardless of all the, everything they went through, what they tried and all their efforts and money spent. Um, are you able to share um, this, what like gets you out of bed and excites you about this based on the changes you've seen with your clients? Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, we've seen a lot of success with people who are really looking in earnest for, for example, they want to eat a heart healthy diet, and there's so much so much disagreement out there, you know, in the in our world of nutrition about what a heart healthy diet is, and um, and and we've seen people that have made uh, tremendous you know recoveries and and increased their athletic performance uh, quite a bit just by eating a diet that was a little more suited to them. Maybe they were in you know more of a more of a paleo camp, um, and they were eating uh, you know a lot of fat, or maybe they were in a diet where they were eating you know uh, a heavily carb diet that was heavily you know, a little bit too heavy in carbohydrates and sugar and fruits, and they switched it up and they found like their energy was better, um, they performed better. And so that's what we're, you know, it's important to say to people listening at home that the genetics piece is not the entire piece to the puzzle. Um, what we want to steer away from is any kind of dogma that we want people to use the tool for the pre, for their, to find out their predispositions, but also uh, explore further. And like you said, um, you know, there's going to be multifaceted approach here for people that are really struggling and genetics is going to be one piece in that puzzle. And that's what we're trying to emphasize. This is a great place to start your health journey is with a program like this and then 
practitioners like yourself that can get in and look at even more aspects. They have the blood work, you have the, you know, the imaging, you have the microbiome, you have the sleep and, and putting it all together and really trying to help people dig out of that pit where they're, where they are struggling and they are feeling, feeling un, unwell. Cause I know what that's like and it's, uh, it's no fun. Thank you for that. Uh, when somebody goes on your website and makes a commitment to your company, what does it look like for them? What's their journey? So if you, if you have existing genetic data, you can upload like a, a, a raw data file from 23andMe or Ancestry or, or provide that and we can score it for you in uh, under five minutes. And um, we also offer test kits. So if you, if you go on the site and uh, you, know, you want to get... Uh, you don't have your, your existing genetic data. And also the test kits do offer a few more genetic markers than the 23andMe files do just because we're not controlling which markers 23andMe reports on from version to version. So you're basically going in and you're just either ordering a test kit or you're uploading raw data. And then you're, and then you're getting a, about a 40 page report. Um, and you're going to have top level stuff. And then you're going to, we're going to get into the weeds on some issues as well that are a little more obscure. We do, for example, cannabis metabolism. Um, there's a pretty good, uh, evidence that certain individuals, especially with synthetic THC, um, and really high levels of THC have, are predisposed towards, uh, mental illness when they're using too much cannabis. So it's something that could be good, for example, for like a child, you know, if you're, if you want to have a, uh, a good understanding of, a, of, of your child's predispositions towards cannabis, you can have a personally tailored conversation with them about things like that. Um, and then, yeah. And then we're hoping that the information is empowering and it's a starting point. And then they can bring it to somebody like you, who's an expert and who's really working with them on a one-on-one -on -one and have that be part of that toolkit for wellness, you know? And, um, and that's, that's what the experience looks like. That's great. I'm so happy we crossed paths. Is there anything else you want to uh, tell our listeners that we may have missed or skipped over? No, just thanks for having me on, Sean. Really a huge fan of what you do. Really respect your dedication and your um, your story. And I'm I'm really honored to have been a guest on the show. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks, John. It's a privilege. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.